0: So who do we trust,
1: huh? Like always, me and Dick.
2: Could have done that.
0: Your program is go all nice share and neat. ShareCon 2018. Program schedule. Guys, I wasn't there <laughs> and you
2: need to tell me everything.
1: Alright, this is me and the in three. And Rachel and I are just back from ShareCon. Woo!
0: Sharecon!
2: ShareCon! Con! <laughs>
1: Uh, It was great, and Jen unfortunately was not able to join us, so we'll be telling her all about our experience.
0: Should we introduce ourselves?
2: I guess. I'm Rachel. I'm Monica. And I'm Jen, and I was home all weekend with the cat.
0: (laughs) Someone's got to watch Callie. Yep.
2: She gets into trouble. She does get into
1: trouble.
0: Right now she's walking on Hutch's face, because we did a puzzle!
1: Yes, we did a hutch puzzle, an official Starsky and Hutch puzzle that has a collage of hutches on the front. And um, Rachel gave it to me for my birthday. We put it together this evening, and weirdly enough, the pictures don't match the box. They're, like, similar. They're quite similar, but they're, like, rearranged
2: slightly. It's... It's bizarre. And then but. there's like an extra picture <laughs> right. that wasn't even on the box in this collage. And it's not a very well designed collage. No. There's like one picture that's in an oval, and it's just randomly shoved, like, right next to some other things when there's plenty of dead space where it could have been sitting. And they did some
1: overlapping, which I thought worked pretty well near the bottom. I wish they'd done a little more overlapping with the oval made it bigger and then tucked it under one yeah. of the boxes.
2: You either need to, like, commit to overlapping or commit to separating, and it could not decide what it wanted to do. <laughs> so that oval's just hanging out there. It's it's not a well-designed puzzle, but they're good pictures of Hutch.
1: They're great pictures, But what I'm wondering now is, in the 70s, were puzzles specifically designed to be slightly different from the boxes to make them harder? Is this, uh, like, some, you know, further evidence that kids these days have it easy?
2: I just really don't think that that's true because I think I did a lot of jigsaw puzzles with my mom when I was a kid and I really think she would have told me if puzzles were worse in the 70s. (laughs) So I'm just going to assume that this cheap Starsky and Hutch puzzle just didn't have a lot of care and attention put into it.
1: Now, I think there's a segue into Shere Khan here because I did bring home even more jigsaw puzzles from Shere Khan. As did I. And uh, one of the delightful things about Shere Khan was that there were zines and official tie-in novels and puzzles and vinyl records uh, that you could buy, and some even that were free for the taking. And it was great to uh, take home some uh, really great goodies.
0: Yeah, it was some really cool stuff, like... I mean, it was a photocopy, but I got a copy of Hopscotch by Terry White, and I was so excited. Yeah, I got a copy. It's
1: an official copy of Zebra 3, the very first ever published Starsky and Hutch zine. And I'm really excited. Mojave Crossing is in this, and we did all read that already, but none of us have read Bomb (laughs) Square. Bomb Square? (laughs) Bomb Square. That's, uh... That's a quilting technique where your, <laughs> where your quilt explodes at the end.
0: Okay, so now we need to write that story Bomb <laughs> <laughs> um, Scare,
1: uh, which is another Starsky and Hutch classic, and now we can read that.
0: Woo! It's exciting. I mean, again, not an official version, but I also picked up um, a photocopy of the first Code 7, I believe. And what is exciting about Code 7? Because that was the first uh, slash anthology for Starsky and Hutch. Nice. Not the first slash zine. That was Forever Autumn, I believe. But the first... I'm sorry, I need to point out that
2: the cat has managed to crawl up (laughs) (laughs) onto a shelf, no way, and, like, sniff at the treat bag. She's not usually that smart. (laughs) I've seen her do
1: it before, but it is pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to definitely have to read
0: these and then swap.
1: Yes. Because I definitely want to read Hopscotch. I know that one's online, but uh, I'm sure there's stuff in Code 7 that isn't online.
0: I mean, they don't know who wrote a lot of it. Like, that was that was the, one of the best things about Khan is just hearing all these stories from people. And one was about Code 7 and just, like, the fact that to this day, they don't know who wrote some of these.
2: And when was it published? You know? Eighty one, eighty two. Okay. That that adds up. It's always so fascinating to me the distinction between the Het and the slash in this fandom. I think because there's because Star Trek is an ensemble, it's a lot easier to have genfic that doesn't have slashy elements because it's just adventures. But even the Genfic in Starsky and Hutch reads like Slash. (laughs) Or pre-Slash at the very least because it's just doing what the canon does and the canon is all about how much they love each other. (laughs) So it's hard to remember that like those early stories, like I keep forgetting that technically there was no Slash in Mojave Crossing. Yeah. Technically.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Another thing that I picked up were the first five issues of the Who Do We Trust Times, which is a letter zine where fans communicated with each other, uh, wrote meta, uh, discussed the finer points of things like hurt comfort, favorite episodes, just all the kind of things you'd expect to find these days on Facebook or Twitter, or Tumblr, or wherever, uh, published very nicely in these digest-sized letter zines.
2: Yeah, they're just lovely. I'm really looking forward to flipping through those. The second issue was published the month I was born. Nice.
1: <laughs> Um, a pleasant surprise for me was in the first issue, at the back, there was um, fairly in-depth meta about Paul Michael Glazer's directorial style, and I enjoyed reading it. It was written by a film student, I believe, and she really uh, does some comparisons and contrasts between the episodes of Starsky and Hutch that Paul Michael Glazer directed, and points out elements that the average viewer might not have picked up on. So that was really interesting.
0: I'm looking forward to reading that because I quite like his directorial choices in his
1: episodes. He he definitely has an eye for light. He often makes really striking uh, use of light in scenes. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put this off any longer. While I'm talking about all these old classic zines, how can we... Well, no, nope. that's 2016! <laughs> Since we were first-time Shere Khan goers, we got last Shere Khan zine in addition to this Shere Khan zine. And Rachel, have you read much of it yet?
0: I have not read a single thing from the 2016 one yet. Mm-hmm. How about the How 2018? Ever? Yes, I did start, I have read a couple of the stories, um, and a couple of the works, there, there are hopefully provided email addresses, and I've been letting people know as I've read them, like, how much I've liked their stuff. Oh, nice. um, So, yeah, but I, I'm traveling some more, so that's been put on hold. But when I'm, when I'm back, I'm going to look forward to uh, finishing up the zine, yeah. I'm embarrassed to admit I
1: haven't even cracked it open yet. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to dive right in and really indulge myself with some Starsky and Hutchvik.
0: So, for you, dear listener, that means that she has definitely read some, because this is not going up (laughs) before she gets to that. As I say, I'm traveling,
1: so. That's true. The time warp of podcasting means by now I've definitely read some.
2: (laughs) And, of course, in the 2018 zine, you both have a contribution. Oh, yeah. I suppose.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm
2: excited. I've read Monica's. I have not read Rachel's yet, and I need to do that, because I am excited
0: Monica's is excellent. It's, uh, it's, a. Uh, may I tell the premise? I guess. <laughs> Alright, it's a tag to the, uh, is it called the Velvet Jungle? Yes. yes. It's it's a tag to the Velvet Jungle, um, in which Starsky's date is relatively successful, and then he goes and is bothered by this idea that, uh, his date brings up that Hutch and Paco are on a date. So he goes and, uh, encounters them being intimate.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> it is a voyeurism thick um
0: it's I, would,
1: I would say it's explicit but I know that my standards are pretty modest so it's probably not actually that uh bad fun writing it and Rachel's got an excellent story I have read hers uh. and while well, you <laughs> I, I'm gonna do unto, do unto others um. <laughs> So Rachel's is a Jillian AU, where Jillian does not get murdered. And in fact, she and Starsky strike up a tentative uh, friendship and even partnership where Starsky gives her the uh, the initial investment to start a boutique. And this is being kept secret from Hutch. And I do love stories where there's a lot of tension because you know sooner or later the other shoe is going to drop Hutch is going to find out, and uh, Hutch is real mad that Jillian just, well, I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, he and Jillian broke up, and he's got a lot of hurt feelings over that, so when he finds out that Starsky and Jillian have partnered up, it's, it's going to cause some uh, hurt feelings, and yes, it is a slash story. Starsky and Hutch get together, too. <laughs> lots of great angst, uh, lots of uh, tumultuous
2: feelings. So, both of you have fixed where Starsky is hiding something from Hutch.
0: I mean, in one, Starsky's literally hiding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Starsky's defense, Hutch's house has no walls.
1: It's really Hutch's fault for having no bedroom walls. Yeah. And for not
2: having a functional lock on his door so that his best friend <laughs> can just wander in at any time.
1: To be fair, if he did have a functional lock, he'd give Starsky the key. He
2: would. That's true.
0: As the ShareCon pieces are not allowed to go up until May, uh, I think we'll wait on official recs from that until they can go up so that we can link them and share them with everyone who couldn't attend. It's just a really great selection. There's so much good stuff in there. That is awesome.
2: I look forward to being able to flip through the zine because I know you guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How did the cosplaying go? Oh my, the cosplaying was very great. So, so if you don't know, if you weren't there, we had two cosplayers George and Fresh Candy. Uh, George was, went as Hutch all weekend, and Fresh Candy went as Starsky, including Red Long Johns and Harry Chest uh, <laughs> at, the, at least one time, plus, also just towel at one point with the hairy chest. Fresh Candy did multiple <laughs> Starsky outfits and they both
1: did uh, like poses and kind of reenacted some scenes from the series. It was
0: mm-hmm. great.
2: George had multiple hutch ones but they were much more subtler. Yeah you're right you're right. That's fair. And Rachel you had your Torino dress.
0: I did have my Torino dress and that was fun to take out. That. It needs to be fixed now, because it was definitely ripping at points. (laughs) Uh, This is what what comes when you make it the Monday before, but, you know, in in true cosplay fashion. Um, And there was a lot of, like, just great outfits, a lot of great zebra print. Um, The Bad Starsky and Hutch Theater had some great costumes in it. I loved the Trino dress. Yes,
1: that was pretty amazing. And did she have... Like a Mars light on her head, too. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. That was actually made, I believe... Oh, God. If I say this, I'm going to be wrong, aren't I? So, uh, if I'm wrong, I'm really sorry. And if I'm really wrong, and when I'm editing this, I chicken out and cut it out, you will never know. <laughs> um, but I believe that was made by one of the creators of Sharecon in fact, for uh, some dance at some con. But... I might be wrong, so, hey. And I, I, I know which creator uh, I want to say, but I don't know if I can say your name or not on this podcast, so I'm not going to. Anyway, that was a long, long workaround to say. Um, I don't know. This is probably going to get cut. I don't know.
1: But <laughs> a lot of the costumes there had history.
0: Yes. That's
1: that's really cool. I think we should talk a little bit about the panels at the con, Because uh, I think we could all agree that the best part of the con was meeting the people. And there were so many friendly people. Everyone there was so warm and welcoming. Rachel and I are both a bit shy. um, Mm -hmm. And so having people there who just sit down and start talking about Starsky and Hutch made it one of the easier social environments I've been in in a while. But having said that, uh, for me one of the highlights was the panels. Because I love just hearing people... You know, as the Tumblr kids would say, they were spilling their feels, and a few of my favorite ones were the What Makes a Good Hurt Comfort episode or story panel. As I'm sure you all know, if you've listened to this podcast before, I'm a huge Hurt Comfort fan, so hearing people talk about what they do and don't like about Hurt Comfort was really interesting, because even among this pretty specific genre, there's a lot of differing opinion. And another one I really liked was Unrequited Hutch, which was a panel about uh, who we think would take the first step uh, in an intimate relationship between Starsky and Hutch. And um, talking a little bit about how the fandom tends towards having Hutch as the one who has a crush on Starsky and Starsky is oblivious. But writers write it the other way too, or have them like mutually come to a realization at the same time. So really hashing out what fans prefer, sort of the the stories that stand out in your memory for doing something different or doing something really well, that panel was really interesting to me.
2: I would have loved to go to that panel. That sounds really fun.
0: Because I'm in love with the episode Jillian, I always go for Starsky Pining. <laughs> That's fair. There
1: were there <laughs> were a few people there who said they definitely preferred Starsky Pining. I do prefer Hutch Pining, but I'm 100 percent happy to watch to to watch to read a Starsky Pining Fic. Like, it's not make or break for me. A, a writer can do so many interesting things with either one.
0: Oh, I agree. I heard there were also some games that were played. At yes! The oh my god, I love the games! So my favorite was was the was the Fandom Feud one. And we got into teams and We went and, you know, guessed on different categories, like, um, name a vehicle that Starsky drives, or, um, name something that, um, Hutch does right before bed, and it was always best when you could be like, do Starsky. That's what he does. He does (laughs) Starsky. Um. (laughs) How, How many in the survey said that? It was actually not number one. Oh. Um. Brushing his teeth was number one, if I recall correctly, which, you know, like, yes, you know, just go for the obvious. But you know what was number one in the category of, and I might not be quoting this right, but, um, what can Starsky and Hutch not go a week without doing? What was number one? Each other. Yes! <laughs> I believe it was just. I might. I, I. Okay, it might. Yeah, it might have been each other. I'm not sure exactly how it was phrased, but yes. That was. That was number one.
2: The- <laughs> Good. I mean, at the very least, it's Canada. They can't go that long without seeing each other. Mm-hmm. So, that's beautiful.
0: And then there was also. Uh, so you. It wasn't called So You Think You could, You're a Detective. Um, but. You have a menu there. A menu. You have a program there. (laughs) You call yourself a detective. That's what it was. And that was really fun to do, um, because I'm really good at short-term memory things. And my team did quite well. So, thank you. God, I'm so nervous about saying people's names. I know I can say Donwin's name because she's been on this show. So, anyway. (laughs) Shout out to my teammates. (laughs) I'm really loud, I'm sorry. It's fine. Monica just, <laughs> pointed, it at... It spiked. Yeah, Monica just pointed at my, uh, my computer. It was just making me at... laugh,
1: that's all.
2: <laughs> Monica, you looked like you were about to say something.
1: Oh, I was just going to agree that, yeah, saying people's names, even if it's just a fairly common first name, I'm a little hesitant to do unless there's someone we know is uh, uses that name in a fandom sense widely but if if not for that restriction i would be just naming all the lovely people we met everyone there from sharecon organizers down to other first time sharecon goers were just so friendly
0: mhm everyone was so great it was fabulous
2: that sounds wonderful Now, I think Monica mentioned to me that they're thinking of switching to the odd years rather than the evens. So I am hopeful that uh, if the resources come together, we can all go next year. It sounds like it's a really great experience.
0: It absolutely is. And we're definitely going to try to go. Um, I'm super looking forward to it. It does not conflict with another con next year, so like I was going to make a choice that was not necessarily Sharecon if it came to that. But it won't. So that's good. That's yeah.
1: awesome. One uh very big aspect of Sharecon that we haven't brought up yet, vids. Mm-hmm. There were several vid shows, uh Premiere Vids, uh, a history of Starsky and Hutch vidding show which was fantastic in that it had vids uh, all the way back from the early 80s when vidding was brand new. And in fact, we learned, or maybe learned, I don't know how much history of vidding you guys know, but I think I'd forgotten that the very first VHS uh, song vid, as they were known back then, was Starsky and Hutch, probably. And granted... Back then, the definition of a vid is pretty different from what modern vids look like, so it's hard to say this is the first vid. But they had vids from, like, maybe 80, 81, like, really early 80s. Something
0: like that. Maybe a
1: little later, I honestly don't remember. That were uh, stills, uh, but paused on a VHS and a song playing, and then another still paused On the VHS, uh, more the song, and then just like a year or two later, an entire scene playing to a song.
0: Can we back up a minute? Uh, You say pause, and then another still. We watched ones that was literally just one still. (laughs) Like we're talking about the old old school fans where they couldn't, they didn't hadn't yet figured out how to do, or the technology wasn't there yet, how to do uh, multiple stills yet.
2: The idea was just, like, stare deeply at yes. this picture and imagine. Yes.
0: And according to everyone there, that was amazing when that those first vids happened. It was just, like, it was totally new and totally different. So it was totally okay that it was just a single picture because, you know, you still get emotion from
2: that, you know? Wow, that would... There's some effect work to be done there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, when Flamingo showed us these, she just showed a couple... Uh, about a minute of each. Yeah, or maybe even a little less, um, just to get the effect of what it was like. But pretty, the, the vids progressed quickly. Like, they they uh, got more and more complex very quickly. So one that stands out in memory is called The Rose, and it was an entire song set to the scene at the end of Starsky's Lady, and it worked quite well. Um, mm-hmm. To be fair, Flamingo did say that a lot of vids that was an entire scene set to a song didn't work quite as well, uh, because you might have a perfect lyric moment match at one point, but then the rest of the vid is unlikely to match up.
0: And then, of course, we finally got to cutting between different scenes in motion. Yes. (laughs) Sounds like an awesome history lesson.
1: It was. I'm Mm -hmm. always fascinated by uh, fandom history. And since I am a vitter myself, it was especially interesting to me. And I know you had a
2: premiere, Monica.
1: I did. Uh, It's actually online now. It's called Drive. It's a song by Halsey. It's actually the third Halsey song I've ever vitted, although this is the first one for Starsky and Hutch. But it's perfect for Starsky and Hutch because some of the lyrics go, California never felt like home to me until I had you on the open road. And it's all about unresolved sexual tension while driving.
2: So, And Monica does an incredible job of doing match cuts of uh, various things that Sarsky and Hutch do in cars over the course of this series. I love those match cuts. (laughs) On a technical level, uh, you know, I I know that Rachel and I are biased, but listen to us and go watch Monica's vid because (laughs) it's really well constructed and the... Song starts with random car sounds, and it's hard to believe that they're coming from the song and not from the clips Monica's using, because she syncs them so well with the video clips. So please, go watch that vid. (laughs) Thank you.
0: I know in- I know previous years, um, you can actually find the premiere vid list on Fanlore, so I'm hoping that that happens, if not on Fanlore, at least somewhere. Because there were a lot of great premieres, and I'd like to go and rewatch them.
1: Yes, there were many great premieres, and I have a terrible memory, so I I need a list. (laughs) I really need a list.
0: I think we all need
1: lists. (laughs) That's good that I'm not the only one who
2: really relies on lists. So maybe in a future episode, we'll have a more developed Rex Corner for new vids, especially after they're uploaded to the internet and Monica and Rachel can show me some of the awesome stuff they got to see. Now, I
0: know you guys also
2: did some interviewing while you were at this con.
0: Yes, we did. And in fact, it was a great opportunity to talk to a lot of people. It's just fantastic to hear about people's history with uh, with the fandom and with the show and with each other. And it's I wish that we had the time to just sit down and have a very lengthy interview with, like, every single person because there were so many fascinating things that we heard all weekend and a lot of it we didn't get on tape, which I was very sad about. Yeah. There
1: were, as Shere Khan ended, like, we knew we'd gotten about as many interviews as we could fit in, and yet I kept thinking, oh, I wish I'd gotten to interview that person and that person and that person. So next year yeah probably i mean who knows
2: but hopefully <laughs> next year you should wear fedoras with a little press bed <laughs> stuck into the brim. <laughs> <That's> stylish <laughs> well is there anything else you guys um want to share with me about your sharecon experiences that was not a pun that was intended <laughs> but i'm gonna roll with it Yeah, I heard this from someone and uh,
1: refer back to my previous comment about having a terrible memory, but someone who was talking to the actors not too long ago said when you were filming the tag to Sweet Revenge, Paul put his hand over uh, David's mouth uh, in the scene to to shush him because they were both giggling and then he slaps the hand that he has over David's mouth. And then lifts his hand and shakes it slightly. And so the fan asked them, did David lick Paul's hand? And apparently the actors looked at each other and they were like, it was so long ago, but probably. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, that, that seems likely. Mm-hmm. You're all drunk. You're messing around with your friends. You totally lick them if they touch you.
0: They claim that they were not drunk. To this day they're like no they were very professional. That's what they claim. Haven't they claimed the
2: opposite at other times?
0: <laughs> I feel like the it was
1: um a crew member on set who'd said that that there was actual alcohol kind of flowing around. So I don't know if they've ever actually claimed the opposite. Then but... I trust that
2: crew member. <laughs> They have no like way to gain from lying, whereas like the actors definitely do have something to gain by lying.
1: So Uh Rachel, did you have any final things to tell
0: Jen or tell our listeners? I wanna tell our listeners and everyone who attended ShareCon and everyone who put on ShareCon, it was it was a wonderful experience. I'm just so impressed with with the organizers, with all the conspirators. I'm impressed with all the attendees. It was just so lovely to meet you all and to get to talk to you. And I just I just had such a great time. I absolutely loved it. Same. Uh, thank you guys so much for
1: putting on a great con. For listeners who uh, weren't able to go last year, hopefully you can come this year. But if not, uh, hopefully we can kind of Share that sense of uh, fandom friendship uh, through our podcast.
2: This is our con away from con. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: As always, you can find us on our website, meandtheand3.com.
0: You can find us on Twitter at mev3. Or you can email us at meandtheand3
2: at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye! Bye! way we could have done that.